Thanks for listening to the Thyroid Fixer podcast with your host, me, Dr. Amy Horniman, aka the Thyroid Fixer. Also, functional medicine practitioner, hormone and weight loss expert. We're talking all things thyroid, hormone, and health-related in order to empower, educate, and transform you. Remember, I fix your thyroid, I fix your hormones, I fix your life. So let's get started. Thyroid Q&A or FAQ, whatever you want to call it, frequently asked questions. These are the questions that you all submitted online that you've posted in various thyroid support groups or that you sent me as a patient. And I'm seeing a lot of the same ones come up. So it's time. I love doing these Q&A sessions because it just, your question is someone else's question. Someone else's question is most likely your question. Are you finally at your wit's end where you are tired of dealing with doctor after doctor? Maybe you've spent thousands on integrative or functional practitioners that have not helped you at all because they don't know the thyroid and hormones. They're not even testing properly. So come work with myself and my team. We prescribe to all 50 states and parts of Canada. I have you covered. I've been building this team for years so that I could help you no matter where you are. All you have to do is click the link in the show notes, book a free application call. We're going to go over your current health situation, what worked, what hasn't worked, all the things. And then we will pair you up with the right program for you where we will do it all. You will come out the other side of the program, totally optimized, getting your life back. You're going to recognize the person you see in the mirror again. Doesn't that sound absolutely amazing? Well, it might sound... Like you don't even believe it, but I promise you, I promise you, we will take good care of you. So click the link in the show notes, book a call today, and we'll be talking to you soon. And that's why I love my group program so much because we have all these people come together. It's just like a one-on-one -on -one session. We have patients asking questions and getting their questions answered. And then people chime in and go, oh my gosh, I'm so happy you asked that because I was thinking that too. So I'll tell you more about the group program at the end, in case you're interested. But today we are diving into your top thyroid and hormone questions. And the one at the very top, the very, very top, is that I'm gaining weight. I'm getting this from multiple patients. It's becoming a trend. And we're going to talk about various factors because you may or may not fall into these different categories, but I want to give you things to think of because this comment of, hey, help, I'm gaining weight is coming from people that are on a really decent amount of thyroid medication. They're doing everything right in terms of eating and sleeping. And we're going to get into all those factors to make sure you're not messing up there somewhere. But I know my patients, so I know when they say, hey, help, something's going on, I'm gaining weight instead of losing. It's almost like something shifted all of a sudden and their body went haywire. Common denominator that I am seeing right now, and you can mark my words on this day of August 30th, 2021, that NP Thyroid will put out a recall in the next couple of months. Because the common denominator with many of these folks is that they're on NP thyroid. And usually, so this happened last year too. And this happened exactly the same way last year. First, I start getting messages from patients. Eh, something's not right. I don't know. My energy's low. I'm gaining weight. Something's off. Something's off. And then 
time goes on and more and more people reach out, hey, Dr. Amy, something's off, something's off. And I go, wow, this isn't right. You know, you start looking at the labs, you look at their medications, you know, you do the double check. Are you, are you doing this? Are you doing that? Are you doing everything that we talked about? Are you sleeping? Are you eating properly? Did you get rid of the bad oils in your diet? Did we check your insulin? You got that under control. You're taking your berberine. You're good. You're taking your iron because your ferritin was low. We want to make sure that you're converting. All your thyroid numbers looks good. What's going on? I'm on NP thyroid. And then sure as shit, last year, NP recalled right along with Nature Thyroid. So I think we're going to see a very, very similar thing happen in the next couple of months. So if you are one of those people on NP Thyroid, you know, do a double check. And remember, not everybody got hit with the recall. There were certain lots, certain batches that were part of the recall. So not everybody experienced, just because you're on NP, don't go freaking out and jumping on the scale and going, oh my God, she's right, it went up two pounds. No, you might not be in that lot of messed up NP medication. I'm not even saying that that's the case yet, but I'm calling it out now so that two months from now, you can be like, damn, she was right. She nailed it on August 30th that there was going to be an NP recall, and here we are. Maybe consider switching over to Armour if you are one of those people that you're on NP and you're slowly starting to see things shift and not in the right direction. Maybe the scale's going up. Maybe you're getting more tired. Maybe all of a sudden your hair's falling out. And we want to look at the other factors too. So beyond the NP thyroid issue, I want to talk about a couple other things that might be contributing to the help me I'm gaining weight question that is coming from many of you. If you got the vaccine, now I am not going to pro-vax, anti-vax, any kind of conversation because I really don't want to get kicked off Google and YouTube and Facebook. However, we know for a fact that if you got the vaccine, there are spiked proteins in that vaccine that do not stay in your deltoid muscle. There's a Harvard study of 13 nurses. It shows that that spiked protein goes elsewhere in the body and it goes to your other organs. So what we are seeing is an inflammation, an inflammatory response of these organs. We can do MRIs. We see inflammation of the heart, cardiovascular inflammation. We see inflammation in the brain because we know the spike protein crosses the blood-brain barrier. We know this. It's a fact. This is not an anti-vax protest tirade. These are facts. So let's stick with the facts. We know that the spike protein travels elsewhere in the body. We know it has an affinity to ovaries. So if you are a woman who still has her ovaries, that spike protein is migrating to your ovaries. So the reason you might be gaining weight is that you are going into a state of estrogen dominance because your, ovary, your ovaries are freaking out. They're inflamed. They might be producing too much estrogen. So you want to have that checked. Definitely get a hormone panel done. Check your estrogen. Check your progesterone. Check your pregnenolone. You know, I love pregnenolone. It's the forgotten hormone. And pregnenolone might be low and thus... Your testosterone and progesterone might be low. So I just talked about the ovaries 
producing too much estrogen and you being in a state of estrogen dominance, which in and of itself we know causes weight gain, but we also know that estrogen dominance will interfere with T4 to T3 conversion. So you might see lower T3 levels. You might see increased reverse T3 levels. And we know that if the spike protein or if just the vaccine itself is seen as a stressor to the body, because it is, it's a grouping of chemicals that we don't know 100% what the hell they do. Going into the body, the body is going to see that as a stressor. I don't care if you get the flu vaccine, it's seen as a stressor. And your adrenal glands may or may not function properly for a short amount of time. So we might see pregnenolone low because of pregnenolone steel of the adrenals. The adrenals sense a period of stress and they freak out. And that's why we see that weight gain because now all of a sudden, remember T3 needs cortisol, cortisol needs T3. Now you have a dysregulation. You have a total dysregulation of the hypothalamus pituitary adrenal axis. Then you have a dysregulation of the HPT thyroid axis, and we see hypothyroid symptoms come on. Okay, what else? Stress. So we talked about stress. Any form of stress. You know, so many people like, I need more thyroid medication. I need more thyroid medication. Well, do you? Let's really look before we jump to that. You might. You might. But before we jump to that, let's check off every box that we know. Okay, so we know, we know when the body is under a state of stress, mental, physical, this can include over-exercising, we'll talk about that, that's a physical stress, you might be stressed out just over the state of the world, and every time you go on Facebook, you see a post about who got a vaccine, who didn't get a vaccine, right, it gets old, and it gets stressful, and we just had 13 Marines die in Afghanistan, there's a lot of things going on right now, that could increase your level of stress in addition to whatever's going on in your own life because we all have a boatload of stress going on personally. Can't get away from it. It's like stress and taxes, right? You're not going to avoid them. So you have to really step back and think, how is this affecting my body? Remember that reverse T3 is a protective mechanism. It goes up to save your life. When you're in the ICU, if you're in the ER, if you have an injury, if you're if you're experiencing trauma, reverse T3 will rise to shut down your metabolism and to protect your body because it knows that in that particular state, you don't need to be losing weight. You don't need to be growing your hair. You don't even need to have energy. You need to survive. So as reverse T3 increases, everything else slows down metabolism goes down. Everything is low and slow, low, slow, hypo. So when reverse goes up, everything goes down. You go into a hypothyroid state and your cells cannot get the T3 that they need. So at the tissue level, at the cellular, at the base cellular level, we know that stress will increase reverse T3, even for a short time. This might not be something you might be saying, oh, I'm gaining weight, I'm gaining weight all of a sudden. You might be two weeks into a weight gain cycle and we test your reverse T3 and it's still 10. Maybe it was five before, but it still is in the optimal lab value range for reverse T3, but yet it is climbing, but yet your body is under that state of stress. 
where that reverse T3, even though it's still optimal, is putting your body into a protective mode and it is lowering your free T3 and not allowing it to get to the cell. We know that stress is inflammatory. If at the cell level, remember we, we always talk about every single cell in your body having a receptor site on it for T3. If at the cellular level, you are inflamed, you're in a state of inflammation, how? I mean, even just think about this from a, if we were drawing with crayons, right? I mean, let's simplify this. If you take a circle and that circle has a perfect outer membrane, a perfect line, and then all of a sudden you take your black and your red crayon and you color on the outside of the circle and you make it all angry. Is that angry cell going to function the same way as the beautiful, perfect membrane outline, straight line cell? Maybe the outline is blue. And over here it's angry, red and black. No, an angry inflamed cell is not going to do its job. It's not going to pick up the T3 that is floating around the system going, hey, pick me, pick me. I'm looking for a receptor site. And then the angry cells over here going, no, 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 there's no place for you here. You can't attach here into your job. Go somewhere else. And that's where the person, you, experiences a deeper hypothyroid state. You experience the weight gain. You experience the fatigue. And that's why you're saying, hey, please help me. I thought I was on a decent amount of medication. And look, I'm not even on NP. And what the hell is going on with my body? You have to think and, and check those boxes off. Another one, toxins. We know that toxins trigger a cell danger response. The pesticides. I mean, maybe have you gotten away from eating organic? Have you kind of, you know, you just, you let things go a little bit. You went, oh, you know what? I'm going to buy the suave body wash. You know, it's, it's fall. I'm going to get that pumpkin spice bath and body works lotion because it's just so heavenly smelling. And I'm going to put a Glade plug-in in my room because it's pumpkin spice time. All those toxins that you're exposing yourself to produce an allostatic stress. They produce a load. Remember, we just talked about stress in the angry cell. Toxins are another form. So if you are eating non-organic produce, if you're eating Walmart meat, if you are using Glade plugins, slathering your body in Bath and Body Works lotion because it smells so good, all of those things add up and they start to load you down on a toxic level and inflame your tissues and, and make the you're, you're making an angry cell again. You're making that black and red, angry, pissed off, inflamed cell that is not going to do its job and it's not going to pick up the T3 when it's like that. So now you have personal stress, mental stress, toxic stress, and then think about this one that we are, I promise you, we're going to dive more into in the upcoming months because it's something that fascinates me. I know it's important. I am not an expert in it. I have a friend who is, Sinclair Kennelly, who I just interviewed a few weeks ago. She's going to be coming back on to talk about EMFs, electromagnetic fields you know, your cell phone. We know, we know, we know with 1 million percent that all the Wi-Fi and the cell phone use and the, and the little Bluetooth devices, whether it's a hang around your neck or the little really super cool Apple things that you stick in your ear because you got their own little charging port that you can take along with you. And then Wi-Fi everywhere and you got Google 
amplification extenders all through your home and you got the Alexas and you got your smart TVs and now even your car has Wi-Fi. And now we're going into 5G. I know, by the way, you sleep in a bed that's a that's a plug-in smart whatever incline sleep number type of bed. And, and you have all these different things plugged in everywhere and you sleep by your phone with the Wi-Fi on. Do you think it's going to affect your body at all? It is. It is. We know it is. We know that EMFs have a direct impact on the thyroid gland. We know that it downregulates it. So when you're sleeping with your phone right here, let's see, thyroid gland, I don't know, not even a foot away, that's definitely going to affect thyroid function, going to affect your brain chemistry. It's going to affect how you feel. If you're tired in the morning when you wake up, do you still have brain fog that you're attributing to your thyroid being off? Maybe it's not. Maybe it's because you're sleeping with your phone next to you. And it really is as simple as turning off your Wi-Fi, preferably at the router. But we are going to, I promise you, we're going to dive more into this as we go and really break it down with meters. I'm going to get a meter. I'm going to test myself. I'm going to show you all the fun stuff and all the fun readings that we get when we test your EMS. And there are simple things that we can do. And that's where my, my dear friend Sinclair will come in and bring her expertise because it doesn't have to be this big over. That's why I put it off for so long. It's like this overwhelming thing that's like, oh my God, one more thing to do. My bandwidth, no pun intended, but yet pun intended, is too limited to take on learning one more thing, but it's so important. And the way that she simplifies it makes me actually want to dive in and do it and make the changes to take my health to the next level. So that is one factor as well. We know that EMFs damage the thyroid gland. I said this earlier, overconsumption of PUFAs that trigger a cell stress response, the polyunsaturated fatty acids, the seed oils, your canola, your corn, your peanut oil, all of those polyunsaturated fatty acids we know that they change the composition of that cell membrane that I talked about, that pretty blue straight line that's the cell membrane. We know that it changes the composition of the cell membrane, making it inflamed. And it can also, it, it makes the cell less permeable. So T3 can't get into the cell. So whenever you go, you know what, I'm just going to have that salad dressing at the restaurant because, you know, we're here. And, and, and then, you know, you pick up the, the salad dressings on the shelves. And then you're eating wings because they're keto, but yet they're deep fried and nothing but canola oil. I mean, seriously, and let's think about it. Unless you are at a high-end five-star restaurant, chances are, and especially in this day and age, where businesses are taking a beating from lack of supply coming over, from not being able to keep employees because nobody wants to work these days, they have to cut corners somewhere. So they're going to cut corners by using cheap oils because do you know the difference? You're not going to see or feel an immediate response from consumption of PUFAs. That canola oil that your wings were frying in is not going to immediately, well, some people maybe immediately makes you feel like crap. But most of you are not going to see it. You're going to feel it in the long term as it builds up as it creates that inflammatory response, as it inflames the cell membrane, not allowing T3 to pass through and permeate the cell to do its job. It's going to be this long-term effect. We know that PUFAs also cause insulin resistance. We know that insulin resistance, high insulin levels, 
cause inflammation in the body and prevent T4 to T3 conversion. We know that insulin alone is going to make you gain weight. So here you are blaming it on your thyroid, but you're eating all kinds of PUFAs. You're cooking in canola oil. You're cooking in vegetable oil. You're going out and getting packaged salad dressings. You're eating out a lot where they use a ton of PUFAs because they're cheap. And you're wondering why you're gaining weight. You're saying, but I'm eating low carb and I'm taking berberine. I get it. But those fats that we always you know, put into the keto category of, oh, these fats won't bump up my blood sugar. These fats won't spike my glucose. These fats won't bring up my insulin, but they do because they're seen differently by the body. They're actually seen as bad. You know, our bodies are pretty smart. We don't really give them our bodies enough credit for protecting us. And our bodies see these PUFAs and literally send out an emergency alert system response. It says, these fats are bad. So how we're going to deal with this is bump up insulin secretion, pump out more insulin from the pancreas, thus raising blood glucose. Now you have a problem that the cell membrane is all inflamed because we know that the cell membrane is a lipid layer. It is made up of fat. So now these bad fats are inflaming the cell membrane and nothing can get in. Now you become insulin resistant. Your cell doors shut down to insulin. Now there's excess insulin in your system causing, we know insulin is the fat storage hormone in excess because it can't get into the cell. So now you have excess insulin, insulin resistance, high blood glucose, and thus weight gain and inflammation. And we could go on and on and on. We can, we can attach this to brain function. We know that Alzheimer's, dementia, Parkinson's, all type 3 diabetes. So it's from pumping out. If, if we have somebody that's like, you know what? I've been eating low carb my whole life and I still developed Alzheimer's. What kind of fasts were you eating? What kind of fats were in your diet? Were you using your standard vegetable oil to cook your vegetables in? Because, you know, we were taught that by our moms back in the 80s. You get out the big fry daddy, you pour the oil in it, and you put the things in it, whatever that might be. So you throw your wings in it. You throw your, your breaded vegetables in it. I don't know what else. We made all kinds of things in that fry daddy. But we grew up learning that this is how you cook. And vegetable oil is cheap and peanut oil is cheap. But all of that consumption alone can be tied to Alzheimer's, dementia, Parkinson's. Because we know that there is that inflammatory response of the brain when insulin is high. I know, I'm, I'm kind of going off on a tangent now. Excessive exercise, we said earlier, we're still checking these boxes. So if you're like part of the camp, it's like, I'm gaining weight. What's going on? I thought my thyroid was fine. I thought my hormones are fine. We're checking these boxes. So excessive exercise. We all get into that mode when we're gaining weight of, well, maybe if I go to the gym more. Maybe if I exercise a little bit more. And you know, I always talk about the whole eat less, exercise more terminology that you hear from your doctor, that you've heard from your doctor, that is wrong, 100% wrong, wrong, wrong. If you are going to your doctor and you're saying, please help me, I don't know what's wrong. Here are my symptoms. One of them is that I'm gaining weight and I can't lose weight no matter what I do. And you hear, you just need to eat less and exercise more. I want you to run. I don't, don't even pay your copay. Just leave. You don't need to pay the copay. Just go. 
Just leave the office, say thank you, goodbye, and go find somebody else if you hear those words. Because it is not about eating less and exercising more. And in fact, if you are trying to exercise more because you're a product of the 90s and the early 2000s like we all were, then you are actually doing your body a disservice. You are kicking up inflammation. You're inflaming the cell membrane again. And you are putting your body into that fight or flight stress response where you're going to pump up excess cortisol. And then that excess cortisol is going to interfere with T4 to T3 conversion. That excess cortisol is also going to cause weight gain and water retention. It's also going to throw up your blood sugar. So it's going to make you insulin resistant. We just talked about that. So by you over-exercising, you're actually doing more harm than good, especially if it's cardio. Do not be a cardio queen. We've talked about this over and over. Disrupted sleep. Many of you think that you're sleeping just fine, but you're not. You're going to bed after 10 p.m., which between 10 10 p.m. and 2 a.m. is where we get our deep, restorative, restful sleep. If you are not getting deep sleep, your body cannot repair itself. Your thyroid will become inflamed. Your cells will become inflamed. You will go into an insulin resistant state within two to three days of lack of sleep or of non-restorative sleep. We know that sleep is so important for every aspect of our body, but I think we tend to push it off, especially in this day and age, because we're so driven to accomplish so much and to do and do and do and get things done and work harder and stay up late and and watch one more episode of Virgin River. But we have to shut it down. We have to get to sleep. We have to use the blue light blocking glasses to get deeper sleep. Use melatonin. Melatonin is a kick-ass antioxidant. Did you know that we're using high-dose melatonin in the treatment of COVID? Use melatonin to get to sleep. And don't stop at three. You can use more. It's okay. It's actually a substance that's produced by the pineal gland. You're putting something into your body that is already there and it's already being made. You're not putting something in that is, is a drug to kick you into a state of sleep. You're using actual a substance, an antioxidant, a hormone that is already being produced by your brain when it gets dark. It's wired into us as human beings. When it gets dark out, we produce more melatonin. You might have to take melatonin, and that's okay. Don't beat yourself up and say, well, I don't want to do anything that's not natural. Not natural is not sleeping. So if you're not sleeping, then you're already in a state of not being natural. So it's time to do something to get you into a deeper state of sleep, get you quality sleep get you going to bed by 10, 10.30, so you can get that restful, restorative time. And then finally in this checklist, your liver. You got to get your liver enzymes tested. And you got to do a liver cleanse support. I, I hate the word cleanse because everybody thinks it's like a pooper cleanse, colon cleanse, colon blow. No, we're just talking about supporting your liver because that is where everything is processed. Your hormones are processed through your liver. Toxins are processed through your liver. All those toxins that we talked about earlier from the Bath and Body Works lotion because it's pumpkin spice time, all processed through your liver. Now, our liver, a lot of people will say, well, why are my liver enzymes elevated? I go, you know what? Mine are too. I mean, do you live? Do you breathe? Do you take supplements? Do you eat? Do you eat perfectly all the time? I don't. I'm not, not every vegetable that goes into my mouth is organic because I can't control what is out there when I go out to eat. I can't control whether or not the restaurant is using canola oil. I can't control whether they bought grass-fed meat or not. But if I want a burger, I'm getting a burger. 
and it might have some hormones in it that have to be processed by my liver. So just the environment, the world that you're in, liver can become a little bit clogged down. And if you have a gunky liver, you could be estrogen dominant. You may not be processing your hormones properly. And we know that T4 to T3 conversion occurs, some of it in the liver as well. The rest of it occurs in the gut, which is the very last check mark that I will talk about. I have a love-hate relationship with the gut and all things gut-related. Here's why. You've heard my tirade about functional and integrative doctors using the terms functional and integrative and being far from it or trying to treat thyroid and hormone patients from like a magic wand of fixing your gut. Like I'm going to make you produce more T3 by fixing your gut. That is a promise that I cannot stand hearing. However, I do see the inability to tolerate T3 because of things happening in the gut, whether it's candida, H. pylori, uh, parasites, worms, just an overgrowth of bad bacteria, underdevelopment of the good bacteria, low Sig A, which is your immune system of the gut. I did an episode, we can link to that in the show notes, of where I go over my own GI map test. And that's where I, I'm kind of breaking everything down. There's one called Ackermansia. If that's low, that directly correlates to your metabolism. So there are things going on in the gut that can be causing you to gain weight. But it's not always that. And I'm not going to magically drop T3 into your body if you need it by healing your gut. I can help with conversion. I can help you tolerate T3. If you're one of those people that you're like, oh my God, 2.5 micrograms of T3 and I'm jittery and I'm off the charts. That's usually gut or adrenals. So we can definitely address those things, but it's not going to be my main focus. And I'm not going to have you, you're not going to magically produce testosterone by me healing your gut. Sometimes you just need testosterone. You're not going to magically produce progesterone, ladies, by me healing your gut. You're going to be cranky and irritable, and you're going to hold water like a camel, and you're not going to sleep if your progesterone's low. And there is nothing that I can do to your gut to make you all of a sudden produce enough progesterone to not have those symptoms. It's not going to happen. But the gut is an important piece if you are gaining weight and all of the things look copacetic and you went down through that checklist that we just talked about. That was a long answer to a question that I probably have about 10 people asking the same thing. So I hope that helped. This one I want to go over. I would love help interpreting my lab results. Please note that I did not realize I could not take my estrogen and NP thyroid that morning. I also took my B vitamins the day before and that day not realizing they could affect the levels. Okay, free T3, 4.4. Yeah, it could be higher. The free T3 is coming in higher, most likely because you took your medication three to four hours before. So anytime we take anything with T3 in it, NP, Armor, Naturethroid, straight up Leo or Cytomel, compounded, if you take it, T3 is very fast acting. You have to remember this, and I don't care what your doctor tells you. If they tell you to take your med and then go get your labs done, you will have a falsely elevated T3 because that T3 is acting in your body, bam, fast. It's in and it's working. It peaks at four hours. So if it peaks at four hours and you take it and go get your labs done four hours later, what do you think is going to happen to your number? It's going to be falsely elevated just like we see here. There's no real way to tell 
where it would be if you actually got these labs done without the medication, but we know that it's not going to be a 4.4. So we don't know whether you would be down at a 2.3 and actually be flag low. We don't know if you would be at a, at a 3.4 and be close to optimal. We don't know because the medication is there. The second part of this is that TSH is 2.7 or 2.27, which is still a little bit elevated per functional medicine standards. We like TSH to be below a 2, but you have to look at it in the context of everything. Free T4 is a 1.12. Now you're wondering, well, if she took her NP thyroid medication, would that artificially raise the free T3? Not really. It's kind of like the tortoise in the hair. T4 is very, very slow acting. It's not going to immediately impact the free T4, maybe a little bit. So we could say that you're most likely not going to be, you're not even optimal right now. So you're probably not going to be optimal if we took out that MP completely and gave you 24 hours without T4 medication as well. Then we also, then when we look at the reverse T3 of 17.7, anything above a 12, we know is indicative of an inflammatory response, the body's survival response, and it will block that T3. So it really doesn't matter what the T3 is or what it would be because that reverse T3 is high. So you could retake all of these. And, oh, and by the way, the B vitamins with biotin is going to lower your TSH. So if anything, it might be a little bit higher if you actually avoided your B vitamins before these labs. So you really need to get these labs redone. But with the reverse T3 being high, that is going to block, again, at the cell level, that that cell tissue response because there's going to be an, an inflammation. That reverse T3 is like the bouncer outside of the cell door preventing the T3 from getting in. Now, she also indicates that she's lost 28 pounds since April. Uh, she says, I feel pretty bad with depression, anxiety, insomnia, difficulty concentrating. So there's something going on here where she's almost floating into a hyper state, but it doesn't really correlate with, uh, it's kind of like she's going between hypo and hyper. So you lost the 28 pounds, but then that question becomes, is that because the NP thyroid at the time was actually optimizing you and giving you a normal metabolism, and now you're starting to shift into thyroid hormone not getting into the cell and thus the depression, anxiety, insomnia, brain fog, because those are crossing over in terms of symptoms. We can't just think of insomnia as a hyper symptom. Insomnia can be hypo or hyper. Anxiety can be hypo or hyper. Depression, hyper or hypo. So we, you kind of have to look at this. Basically, do you have to get your labs redone without taking your medication 24 hours before? And then I would also say, look at those other factors because here you're doing free T3, TSH, free T4, reverse T3. Get your antibodies tested, TPO and TGA. And then get all those other cofactors tested. You need zinc and magnesium and selenium and iodine. Low iodine will increase reverse T3. You need all of your hormones done because what if you're low progesterone? What if your thyroid actually is okay, even though that reverse T3 is a little bit high? I'd want to see what, what's bringing that up. But get your hormones tested, your estrogen, progesterone, free and total testosterone, DHEA, pregnenolone. All of those we like to look at. What if you're estrogen dominant and that estrogen dominance is pushing your reverse T3 up? 
but it's also causing insomnia, depression, anxiety, because it's pushing down your progesterone. Progesterone is the calming hormone. It's the balancing hormone. So if your estrogen is too high, it's going to push that progesterone down. And it might be the case that you don't need more thyroid medication. You need progesterone. And maybe let's check your insulin and your hemoglobin A1C because if insulin is high and you're insulin resistant, that's also going to push up your reverse T3. There's a lot to go that we have to kind of dive more into with your question. That's my answer to your question would be to get more information so we can really look at this picture in its totality. Ferritin. That's another one. Vitamin D. That's another one. You have to look at all of these as they correlate to your symptoms. Okay. Here's a good one. My TSH is 4.5. My endo and GP think this is not worth investigating further as I'm only two months post-op partial thyroidectomy. I also have Hashimoto's. I feel extremely weak despite strength training for three weeks now. I'm losing a pound a day and my hair is falling out. I also have heart palpitations and a simple five-minute workout now leaves me breathless. How is this normal? I'm not getting better, but worse. Are my symptoms hypothyroidism? What are the dangers of severe hypothyroidism? I read that TSH can be as high as 10 and not treated. Your TSH is 4.5, which is still in a hypo state. So even with that partial thyroidectomy, and here's what happens too for you to understand. You're, you're only two months post-op. So during that time, you're still in that honeymoon phase. I know you don't feel like it's a honeymoon right now, but you're getting that thyroid dump, that thi- kind of like a thyroid storm, but it's just a, it's a thyroid hormone dump whenever we take out half of the thyroid or all of the thyroid. And in those months following, usually people get about two to three months out of it. You feel good. Now, I know you don't feel good right now, but if you think back to right after your surgery, did you feel okay? Like, did you feel like, okay, now I have energy and I'm losing weight and I feel, I feel good. Like this was the best decision ever. And now things are starting to go haywire because, and I would bet money, even though you don't say it in here, I would bet money that you are on T4 only because that's usually what they do after a thyroidectomy, but it doesn't make sense. So if you think about it, your thyroid gland, when it was all there, produced T4 and T3. About a 10 to 1 ratio. Some people say 80-20 split, 80% T4, 20% T3. Then we take it out or we take half of it out and we only replace it with T4. So that in and of itself doesn't even make sense. But you know what? You didn't feel the effects of that lack of T3 because of that thyroid dump that occurred after surgery. Now things, it seems like like things are starting to kind of level out again. Because now your TSH is a 4.5, still indicating a hypo state. Your pituitary gland is sensing that there is not enough thyroid hormone in your body. And it is telling, it is trying to tell the thyroid by sending out TSH, thyroid stimulating hormone, it's trying to tell the thyroid gland, you need to make more T4 and T3. Now you don't post what your other numbers are, and those are vital. Those are vital for you right now. Because you have to know what is your free T3 level because that's the active thyroid hormone and now you only have half a thyroid gland. So you're only producing half of what your thyroid gland did and you have Hashimoto's, meaning who knows how long you had that for and how long your thyroid was under 
a destructive state, basically being destroyed slowly by your immune system. So already your thyroid gland wasn't making the right amount of T4 and T3 from the Hashimoto's. Then we take half of it out. So now your production of T4 and T3 is way, 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 way down, which is why we have to use thyroid hormone replacement therapy in partial thyroidectomy and total thyroidectomy patients because you need it for life and survival. And you also need it to halfway feel decent and you can, and this is my message that I always give to my patients and to my listeners, you can feel good. You do not have to, no one ever, ever, ever said that if you have a partial thyroidectomy, you might as well throw in the towel and give up on life because you're going to feel like shit the rest of it. No, that is not acceptable. You can get optimized, but it doesn't quite sound like you're working with someone who knows the thyroid gland and who knows what to do after we take your thyroid out. So the fact that you're getting worse, that is not normal. And your weakness, losing a pound a day is still from that, that thyroid dump, your hair falling out is from going into a hypo state. So we also have to check your zinc levels there. And the heart palpitations and the breathlessness, you know, that's still, it, that's, that's concerning to me. So we need to test your free T4, your free T3, your reverse T3, because if they are only giving you T4 and crossing their fingers and wishing on a rainbow that it converts to T3, the active thyroid hormone that your cells need, that you need to have energy, that you need to have strength, that you need to not have heart palpitations, that you need for your hair. We need to check that. We need to check your active thyroid hormone level, free T3, and we need to check reverse T3 because of that T4 that they're pumping into your body is getting converted to reverse, then your brakes are on. Then you're, you're just done. Your brakes are on and nothing is going to happen. Nothing at all is going to happen. I know you're confused right now to answer that last part of your question. The dangers of severe hypothyroidism are extreme because your body needs thyroid hormone. You need thyroid hormone to survive. So, I mean, there's a lot of danger in severe hypothyroidism, but hopefully we can get you treated and balanced and optimized before you get into that state. Do not allow your TSH to get to a 10. Your TSH being a 4.5 is a red flag enough. How do you know when you are doing too much exercise? Oh, that's a good question. You're just going to be exhausted. So it's not going to be a good feeling. It's not going to be where you know, you have that great workout and you feel amazing for the day and you're ready to tackle the day and it energizes you. If you are over-exercising, then you're going to be gaining weight and you're going to be extremely fatigued, usually right after your workout, like a half hour after or an hour afterwards. That's when the adrenals start to get taxed and people will slip into a really deep state of extreme fatigue because instead of supporting your body, you're creating inflammation in your body. Last question, has anyone's endo recommended Synthroid for six out of seven days and to skip a day? Mine also cut my dose from 112 to 88. Uh, yeah, this is one of my pet peeves too. These six day, five days, split your dose, go higher on this day, especially with T4. Like we just said, T4 is like the tortoise. It's slow acting, really slow acting. 
So what really is going to make a difference if I give you 112 on one day and 88 on another day, or if you skip it totally one day of the week, who cares? It's not going to make that much of a difference. The only reason they're doing that is because they don't know how to read thyroid labs. They're not, I guarantee you, they're not testing your reverse T3 or your free T3. They're going by your free T4 only. You said it was slightly elevated. So what? You're probably on too much T4 and you're probably not converting. And that's why you still have symptoms. So kind of expanding beyond your question. Yeah, I think it's really stupid to split, like change the dosing on days or skip a dose or whatever. But more importantly is why are they doing that? Are they testing all of the thyroid labs that we need to get that full picture? Are you getting your free T3 and your reverse T3 tested? Are you getting your antibodies tested? If your free T4 is elevated, well, why don't do they have you on too much of it? And if it's converting to reverse, then you're going to feel like garbage anyways. A lot of people are with practitioners that are doing that wackadoodle dosing that I will never quite understand because it really doesn't make a difference. Consistency is better, even better than consistency. Consistency is getting you on the right medication to optimize you. So there you go. Thank you so much for jumping on, for submitting your questions. Keep them coming. Anytime I see them, I put them in a list. I love doing these thyroid and hormone FAQs, Q&As. And like I mentioned in the very beginning, the group program, I have a total thyroid and hormone transformation group. It is eight weeks of content and learning, 12 weeks of live meetings with myself and my functional diagnostic nutritionist, Melinda, who her herself has also been through 48 doctors. We go through your labs. We answer your medication questions. We teach you. We deep dive into adrenals, into gut health into hormones, into nutrition. We personalize the nutrition plan for you based on your labs. It's as close to one-on-one as possible. And we will put that link in the show notes as well if you're interested. And you can always jump on a discovery call to learn more about being part of the Total Thyroid and Hormone Transformation group. There are a bunch of rock stars getting their lives back right now. And you can join at any time. So your 12 weeks starts when you want to start. But you You get those lives every single week with me and Melinda, and it's just freaking amazing. It's just amazing. So have a great week, and I look forward to seeing you in the group if you'd like to join. All right, take care. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. As always, please share this episode and check out the entire Thyroid Fixer podcast on all podcast platforms. If you're on iTunes, it would be awesome if you left me a review. And just a reminder, anything you hear on this podcast is not intended to diagnose or treat. So you always want to check with your doctor about any advice given on this podcast. And if you'd like to schedule a discovery call, please refer to the show notes for all the links. Everything that we talked about in the podcast will be in there with a guide for you on how you can get your life back. Let's get you fixed.